I just had a lady, she lost her husband and it was heartbreaking, but everything was in line. We had a plan put together. She she knew, even if she didn't know every step or she forgot because she was devastated, she knew my name and number, she called me, and it was as simple as get her passing on a death certificate, me drawing up the paperwork, and we just moved forward with our plan. Welcome to the Community Conversation Podcast presented by Community America Credit Union. We have a compelling and impactful story to tell, and our goal with these conversations will never be to sell you something. We would rather have an important discussion with our very talented employees, leaders, members, community partners, and experts from a variety of industries and causes to help educate and inform you. Stay tuned at the end of the podcast for some important disclosures. Hey, welcome back to the Community Conversation presented by Community America Credit Union. I'm your host today, Justin Rickliff's friend and partner of Community America. Welcome back, you two. Hey, thanks. Thank Time you. number what? Six, five? Lost count. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot. Just glad to be back. It's good to have you back. Um, we'll talk about our topic here in a moment, but first, reintroduce yourselves. Taylor? My name is Taylor Ahern. I am a wealth advisor with Wealth Management by Community America. I work with individuals, couples, families, everything in between. Um, And what we do is we talk about your long-term goals, what you want out of your money, and then we put a plan together to get there. I love it. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us as always. Ryan? I'm Ryan Stites. I'm a financial well-being coach with Community America. Uh, As a part of our financial well-being initiative, I get to work with members one-on-one. Uh, working on things like credit scores and uh, debt management, helping people budget and save for all those things that help them achieve financial peace of mind. I love it. Um, thanks for having. Thanks for coming back again, my friend. It's good to have you. Um, we're continuing the financial planning throughout the life stages. We've literally covered the spectrum, and we're going to conclude this series with um, not the most pleasant topic, but one that's very important, uh, and that's losing a loved one. And to set the stage, obviously, it's a a tough time to lose anybody. And what what our hope is, is to equip listeners with practical advice and knowledge to navigate the challenging times, especially as it relates to what happens with the financial aspect of a loved one in their their absence and in their loss. Um, So, the the goal would be to help alleviate the burden that these loved ones and free them up to grieve, free them up to be present with the loss of, of their loved one. And again, I know it's not a uh, a topic that is makes everybody smile, but it is very important. Right, help us Indeed. set the stage for yep. how important this is. Well, I would say the first thing I think about is, like you said, kind of freeing up. I even think of my my mental space when something happens is not having to go really down rabbit holes with every single company you work with or even find where someone may do business. So the first thing a lot of times I suggest is kind of an inventory sheet. So I know we have one in my house. And so if something happens to me or my husband, we kind of pay different bills and take care of different things in the household. We have a spot where everything is listed. So we know where's the 401k, where's the IRA, where's the bank account, especially with parents that maybe don't live with and do everything on a day-to-day basis, knowing where they pay their bills, how they pay their bills. So that's step one, because if you don't even have an inventory sheet, I think the first problem that arises is you don't even know who to call. And so like the clients I work with, I'll say, hey, put my business card on this list so they know they call me and then Hmm. I help them with all all the accounts over over on my side of stuff. Um, so that's a simple step that I think everyone can do. It doesn't take too much time. And then letting your loved ones know where that is at. Is it on the computer? Is it in the safe? Is it in a binder somewhere? That is step one to hopefully make things a little bit easier 
for them. Break down, be real practical. Is that an Excel sheet? What's on the inventory sheet? Like how frequently do you, do you recommend people update those? Like give us some practical tips on what that looks like. So everybody's a little bit different. I would say my personal one, I kind of take a look at it monthly because um, that's actually where I track some of my balances and stuff like that. So you can mm-hmm. use Excel. I see a lot of people use a binder system and throw it in their safe mm-hmm. um, or a piece of paper, whatever works for them. But I would just glance at it. Maybe if it's just on, like when I meet with my clients, usually it's a minimal on an annual basis and we're going to go through and look through you know have we moved accounts have we changed things Um, did someone pass away and we had to update Mm -hmm. beneficiaries we kind of go through all those things and so it can be as much as you want to include login information if there's certain bills they'll need to take care of um, check balances most recent statements general dollar amounts um, if it's life insurance, who's it going to be payable to? Power of attorneys. There's so many different things you can sure. you can go down a very deep rabbit hole. But I would say just starting with where you work, mm-hmm. who's your contact there, what's a general balance, um, and what what they might need to know. Yeah, and my wife and I we have ours on paper because I know if something happened to one of us, you know, uh, technology is not going to be the sort of thing we want to depend on. So for at least us, it's on paper and in mm-hmm. our safe you know, in the basement, easily, easily accessed. I love that. Um, the, the topic of death isn't a pleasant one. It's not like we sit around and have these conversations often. And what's, what's true though, is it's inevitable. Yep. <laughs> and so yep. the inevitability, the, the, uh, it's undefeated. It happens. We're all on the clock, so to speak. Indeed. And, and as morbid as that may sound, I think humanizing that, normalizing that, having conversations of, um, of all kinds. And, and, and of course, the context is much different than these other seasons of life we've talked about, having a baby, getting married, getting remarried, getting going through a divorce. Like those things aren't as permanent, <laughs> right. right? I mean, they're, they're um, but, but the inevitability of this, how, how have you all helped members and clients walk through maybe even the acknowledgement that this is a real thing that we need to talk about? And it's sure, scary and morbid and Maybe not the most common or casual conversation, but a very necessary one. Well, I think it is the necessity piece. You know, it's a matter of helping people understand that by taking charge as much Mm -hmm. as you're comfortable with, um, you're not only helping yourself, you're helping the next of kin, those that you're leaving behind. Mm -hmm. So anytime that um, the preparation that that Taylor's talking about, you know, and I want to come back to as well, you know, it. It's so important if you can at all be prepared. Of course, there are tragedies. There are, there are going to be those circumstances where there's no such mm-hmm. thing. But um, as much as absolutely possible and as early as possible, making sure that you've, you've got your wishes known, you've, mm-hmm. you've, you've been intentional about your beneficiaries, um, and that those are made clear in any of your investments, but also even just mm-hmm. your, your regular deposit accounts. Um, how are you going about making sure that, that whatever it is that you want to happen is what's going to happen? I think there's, there's a lot of, lot of freedom and ownership to that. Mm. Yeah, and I would say I, I feel like I do deal with death a, mm. a decent amount. And I, I'll kind of share a couple different extremes that I see is, um, and how we can avoid it, hopefully. Um, the bad extremes is, you know, sometimes I'll have people come in, someone's passed away, and they know where nothing is. Mm. We will sit on the phone for hours calling these companies, giving the social and saying, is yeah. there, do they have anything on file with you? Jeez. And that is a long rabbit hole. Mm. And then if there is something, did they have beneficiaries? And were they who we thought they were? Um, mm. Because this can this can hurt on two sides. Although you're gone, you know, if you didn't update your beneficiaries, 
all of a sudden, are there, are there fights in the family? Is it heartbreaking because mm. someone needed that money to live on? Mm. Um, so how do we avoid that? So we update as we go. So if someone passes, that may be your beneficiary. So um, if you have a husband and wife and husband passes, that wife needs to update her beneficiaries. You know, get through everything. And that should be top of mind is to start updating everything you have, life insurance, bank accounts, investment accounts, whatever the case may be. Start working on that to avoid that next step. And, you know, it's it's hard when you're grieving to sit on hold and call companies. I mean, nothing makes me more mad than sitting on hold with a company for hours <laughs> on right. end and trying to figure it out. So I would say, you know, updating things as you go is really, really important. And then another issue I see just honestly, right before death is I'll have a spouse call me and they'll say, Hey, I need to talk about X, Y, and Z. And if you are not a power of attorney or I do not have some sort of documentation, it doesn't matter that you've been, and this sounds so harsh, but it's the truth is even though you've been married for 40 plus years, and I know you guys know everything about each other and help each other. I cannot release account information unless you, Mm -hmm. I have proper documentations. Mm -hmm. And so getting an attorney involved, if you can, um, what do we need? Is it healthcare? Is it financial power of attorneys? And then understanding what kind of a power of attorney it is, like I said. So someone sometimes will bring me healthcare and we can't do anything with that. Um, and then making sure you understand when does that power of attorney stop? If someone passes, you know, a lot of times we'll see that power of attorney isn't, isn't valid anymore. So kind of updating as you go, I, you know, makes it a little less harsh. And then, you know, to both sides, making sure your money is going where you want it to and vice versa. And then last thing to throw in there is if you have kids that need to be taken care of, um, understanding how you want that to happen. So I know for my husband and I, we went to an attorney and said, hey, this is how we want it to happen if we were to pass. And then he instructed us what the best plan was. And then getting that written up, signed and documented everywhere we need it to be documented. Walk us through the other end of that spectrum, the maybe more helpful or practical or planning version of that and scenarios that you've seen it unfold where, again, of course, it's sad, grieving takes place, but things were clear, things were documented. When it's clear, and you know, although we don't want to talk about it, in my first meeting with almost anybody I meet with, I've got kind of a list of things that I know I need to get done. Um, And I always ask, if something happened to you, who do you want this account to go to? And if there are kids, I'm I'm recommending go talk with an attorney. So if someone comes in, I I just had a lady, she lost her husband and it was heartbreaking, but everything was in line. We had a plan put together. She she knew, even if she didn't know every step or she forgot because she was devastated, she knew my name and number. She called me and it was as simple as her passing on a death certificate, me drawing up the paperwork. And we just moved forward with our plan. We, you know, obviously changed some things to adapt to her new lifestyle, but it, it's night and day difference of how easy it is and how little she had to think. And so it's just talking about it. And it is something I'm going to ask almost every client that walks in my door. And you don't have to know the answer and you can change it a thousand times. But just unfortunately having the conversation and Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard. I am, you know, I think about my family members. That's the last thing I want them to ask, you know, you know, what, what do I do when you die? Do you want to be buried, cremated? And I know, um, Ryan, you talked about it a little as you even wrote down songs people wanted to play. At, oh, absolutely. At my wife, funeral. my wife is clergy. She has a dead file on lots of people. Mm. And again, it may sound a little harsh or, or things, but 
around church, people just know, you know, mm. as soon as they come up to her and say, hey, that was that was an amazing hymn or that was a song that <laughs> I want to make sure. She yeah. says, okay, well, you know, send me an email and I'll make sure it ends mm. up in your See, dead that's file. what I learned from you. I'm going to have, I guess, a dead yeah. file on my family and, you know, kind of. Little but, things like that are... You know, they're little and they're not. You know, you, you get to have some For ownership sure. of that. You know, I think of, too, for my wife and I, you know, our, our son was born, our, our oldest, um, and we immediately started thinking of, well, if something ever tragically happened to both of us, you know, who's going to have custody of him? Who do we want to do those things? And I, I guess they're uncomfortable conversations, but, man, the communication felt so good to know and have a plan and... And that, that peace of mind that, that we had. And I think finances are totally a part of that as well. Um, you know, I guess as, as my own example, um, uh, as, as, as kids and as a teenager, I grew up going to my grandparents in a small town in Kansas. Um, and one year I was 16 or 17, and I, I you know, the, the week I was there, one day um, granddad brings me stickers and says, walk around the house, and anything that doesn't already have a sticker on it, you're mm-hmm. supposed to write your name on it. And then you put it on that little knickknack or thing that stands out as something that is special to, you know, mm-hmm. being at grandma and granddad's house. Um, and I know that they did that with, yeah. with my brother and all of my cousins. And, you know, so that when they died, it's as mm-hmm. simple as just knowing, okay, these things meant something to someone. Mm-hmm. Ryan has his name on these things. These mm-hmm. things go to Ryan because he's already, you know, spoken for them. And wouldn't you say that oh. cuts down on the arguments because i see a lot of arguments totally because losing losing granddad to carry on that example like that's sad and hard enough right the last thing you needed to do is then fight him oh well i wanted the baseball bat or the chest of drawers or whatever (laughs) it was not an issue with my cousins or me or my brother it was no we've already spoken for these things it's settled we're good um and you know i I think that's true with your money you know Mm. The naming the beneficiaries, we, you know, as a financial institution, mm-hmm. we, we want you to have ownership of that. Um, similarly, even on a deposit mm-hmm. account, you know, we've, y- if, if your name isn't a joint on it, and until mm-hmm. there's a de- death certificate, I can't even give you the money. I can't tell you how much money mm-hmm. is the in the account. And there's nothing to me more heartbreaking is if someone needs the money and you, you understand that that may have been the intent, but if it's not mm-hmm. set up correctly, that... That gets hard. And to touch on the joint bank account situation, death certificates, you know, I would say usually are issued fairly quickly, but I've seen some Hmm. scenarios where they're not and it can take months. Um, Tell us the the importance of that. Yeah. So we, if we don't have a death certificate, we can't transfer the account to the new owner, to the beneficiary Hmm. or beneficiaries, however many there are. Um, But if there's a joint bank account, and I think you want to be very thoughtful on this when you are alive. So is it something I put, you know, a couple hundred thousand, whatever the case may be, in a joint account, you know, with, you know, I'm thinking mother and child situation. So, mm-hmm. you know, mom's older, daughter doesn't necessarily have that access to all the money, but is there a joint bank account so she can pay those bills she needs to pay in that time frame? Um, because if there's not a joint bank account and she has a bill she needs to pay, she cannot access mm-hmm. the money. Well, if, and even just starting with, I mean, funeral costs. Right. Um, cremation. You know, my, my father died a couple mm. years ago and didn't have that money set aside. And, you know, the mm. the more than two thousand dollars that it cost for his cremation, you know, was was an issue for my mom. Mm. So, you know, my brother and I came up with it and we were fine. But, mm. you know, those are things that you that's know, a hard situation you, for sure. And if you if you can plan ahead, then again, go go ahead and 
and, and pay for that. Like they're, and, and actually, in some cases, depending on how much in advance, you know, with inflation, it could be worth your discount. while, right? It could yeah. be actually a, a good thing to cost you less. But the, the other thing I would caution if someone's thinking about doing the joint mm-hmm. account is understanding that that joint owner while you're alive. Could come take as yeah, yeah. and so obviously we're talking about different situations, but I would just be aware is um, you but you can open up different joint accounts and put different dollar amounts and you can move money, but just know that joint owner has full access. So if they want to take the entire balance, they can. Um, So if it's a situation where you can have a conversation. I think that's best. And going back to who we want to take care of our kids, we've had a conversation with those people and let them know, you know, here are the few things that are really, really important mm-hmm. to us with our kids that we hope you continue. Same thing with money. Yeah. Have the conversation. Yeah. I'm married into a very well-planned family. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember early on when our kids were young, my in-laws would talk about, well, we have disability insurance for this. We have long-term care insurance for this. We've got the plot at the cemetery here. All this, I'm like, my goodness. Like, right. But I think as the years have gone and as they've gotten older, it's removed that weird question mark of like, I don't, yeah, I mean, what happens with you the two You almost have to joke grand? about right. it a little. Yeah, it's like, man, okay, are you guys trying to get out well, of here? When, when you get to um, that place where, where you are grieving, it's so much, 100%. So much easier to grieve because yeah. you're not focused on all the other things. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's also why I think bringing in a wealth advisor can be really helpful because we help you navigate a lot of that. We help you make those calls. We make them on behalf of you if we're able to. And then we help you put together a plan so you don't have to at that time. And the the hope is we already have the plan put together and we know the next steps mm. we're taking when something happens. So you don't even have to think about it. How does life insurance play into this whole hmm. conversation and topic? So, again, it's something you want to prepare for ahead of time. I know, you know, you're probably getting annoyed of us saying (laughs) saying that. Uh, But if you have it, you know, when the time comes, you're going to call those companies and you're going to start working on on the claims with them. And don't forget, you know, you've got employer. There's so many different types of life insurance. So I would recommend meeting with someone, a professional that can... Same situation with an attorney in my mind is you're going to go to them and you're going to tell them what's important to you. They're going to help you figure that out as well, figure out what type of coverage you might need. And then they're going to tell you what's best for you and what you have to be thinking about, especially in maybe a couple situation with children is if something happens to the other, what do I need to survive? I mean, even if it's a stay at home spouse, I mean, that's really expensive yeah, to replace sure. just as important yeah. as the working. Well, and making sure. sure that the if there is a if there is a difference, the primary breadwinner, the primary income, you know, is, is going mm-hmm. can be covered at least for a time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've I've counseled and coached mm-hmm. some folks for whom that wasn't the case. And they were in, a, in that bind of having to mm-hmm. budget in a much different way, mm-hmm. um, missing out on on the, the life insurance, but the income that it, it would have covered. Yeah. Um, are there immediate kind of or practical next steps to take? I get every situation is different. Ryan, to your point earlier, sometimes it's very, um, very obvious and, and not predictable. Nobody right, can predict, no, but, but, but there's, there's time to plan. Yeah. Sometimes it's very sudden and tragic. Um, but are there general, hey, let's, Let's always be thinking about these specific things as we um, navigate life after someone. I mean, getting into death certificate is step number one. And How does that happen? Like, what's that look like? Yeah, so it's a little bit different depending on everybody's situation. Um, so you'll typically work with 
or the funeral home a lot of times will kind of help you get mm-hmm. that process started through the state. Um, or it may be the hospital, depending on where someone passes, how they pass. Um, but if you happen to go through a funeral home, I think they're a good first step of how you're going to get it. Now, no matter where you're going through and how you get it, I always recommend trying to get extras if you can. Um, they do cost money. But a lot of companies will require an original, and it's a little bit—it's a little bit difficult because you got to go through the whole process if you run out and you need more. So if you can afford it, get some extras ahead of time. You know, I find that I'm always surprised by how many people need the original death certificate. Yeah, it's required a lot. I know the general advice of like don't make decisions when things are emotional, <laughs> which which applies to like lots of seasons of life. Yes. Definitely not just this one, but this one very much in, in particular and specifically, how have you seen um, or counseled or coached or advised mm-hmm. members through the, it's going to be okay? It's very hard and sad and scary and lonely even, but please don't <laughs> do X, Y, Z. Yeah. What, what are some of those gaps that, that you see? Gosh, um, you know, just an example that comes to mind. I, um, I've i seen people not want to go back to their house and they're like, I'm mm-hmm. just going to buy another house. And so we kind of have to st- take a step back and say, okay, how is this going to impact your financial future? What are our options to kind of bridge this gap and help you get over it? Um, And I would say one of the most helpful things is having a soundboard that you can talk to. So someone, whether it's a close family member, um, a professional, whoever it might be, just talking through, okay, is there something we can do to get us over this gap and really take a step back? And then thinking about how does that decision that I'm making right now affect me 20 years down the mm-hmm. road or 10 years, yeah. whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Grief can really For blind sure. you to a lot of those things, you know, the emotional, the spiritual, the, mm-hmm. the physical toll that grief takes can really, mm-hmm. you know, make otherwise rational people not make mm-hmm. the best rational decisions. Yeah. yeah I had a, a lady who, um, she was like, I, I don't, I don't want to deal with banks anymore. I don't want to do anything. I just wanted mm-hmm. to take cash and buy a house. And, and she called me and based on her individual situation, you know, I just talked her through kind of, okay, here's how this is going to work. Here are the consequences. And she called me a couple of days later and she said, I am beyond thankful that you just kind of talked me off the mm-hmm. ledge, you know, and, you know, I wasn't trying to be harsh. We just talked For about sure. the consequences and what are you doing and why are you doing it? And she said, thank you. That's exactly what I needed. So having that sounding board, because it's, you're not a bad person for making those mistakes. We all do it, but that's a, just a really, really emotional time and have someone that can help you through it. Yeah. And, and like we, like you guys have shared in other life stages, having that third party, that guide, that trusted resource in your yeah. life to help you see, or maybe have a little bit more of a grounded perspective when things feel uncertain and scary. Um, what happens with debt? In the event of death? Well, that depends. Um, if you're a joint on the debt, it depends on what the estate is like um, when when someone dies. Mm. Um, I have counseled and worked with people before for whom there was no estate. Mm. There was no money really to speak of. And uh, when the person that died uh, was the only one on something like a credit card, mm. um, in those situations, uh, there's not really any responsibility for any of the surviving members or, or the estate. If there's no money in the estate, it's not like it can go to someone mm-hmm. else. Um, so it just depends on a lot of those factors um, and, and you know, how much wealth is involved. Um, the more wealth that's involved, the more, you know, financial institutions can can still seek out those, those coverages. But um, it just depends. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, in the absence of legal planning or wills or trusts or estate plans, what, what, what's the 
consequence of no plan? Yeah. So first thing we go to is a beneficiary on file um, for typically an investment mm. account. Someone walks in, that's the first thing I'm going to look mm. at. Um, and if we don't have a transfer on death or beneficiary, our mm. hands are kind of tied. And so you're mm. going to have to go through probate and yeah. it can be a very long mm. process and it can cost you money. And so we have to wait until we receive some sort of legal paperwork saying, okay, the court has decided this is who the account goes through. And the, la I mean, that's got to be one of the last mm. things you want to deal with is spend time and money when all for you sure. want to do is be with your family and grieve. Yeah, for sure. And of course, it, it's even more important to have a will on the asset end of things of, you know, if knowing for sure, if you have property and those mm. sorts of things, that's where that comes into play. Um, and, you know, again, the probate situation is one that's not always pretty because then you're allowing the state to decide hmm. for you, which is why we kind of come back full circle to the preparation idea yeah. of, you know, you getting to decide and you getting to, to dictate, which hmm. is, is the great part of having that estate plan, that will, um, knowing for sure, even while you're still alive, who has that power of attorney. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, what stories, as we think about, wrapping up here, what stories come to mind of members or clients and, and folks you've worked with that have navigated all of these? Of course, everything's complicated and nothing is straightforward and always the same. Context is very critical here. But generally, the arc of their story was towards the all these topics we've talked about, clarity, brave conversations, honesty about their reality, planning mm -hmm. ahead, having some collaboration with their partner or family. Um, what stories come to mind when those members are deceased that they left their family with a financial peace of mind? Do any stories come to mind? I've got one. I, I worked with a couple and... <clears throat> The when the wife passed away mm. and the husband wasn't as in tune with their financial plan and that's okay, but he knew to call me mm. and he called me and we had already set up everything. And mm. to this day, he calls me all the time and says mm. how thankful he is that he didn't have to worry about a mm. thing. And his wife, he also thinks his wife often, For sure. she was really detail oriented. There was nothing out of place. He brought me a packet of things she had elsewhere, and so we knew everything. Hmm. And he was obviously beyond de devastated, but sure. didn't have to worry about a thing. And to this day, he is now living a really wonderful, comfortable life hmm. because of her. And I think she greatly impacted her children, too, um, because I know they have things set up as well. And so it's hmm. kind of a full circle moment, although it was a, a horrible thing to go through. He... Hmm. It's what she would have wanted. She had made it very clear to me because she was sick that she wanted him to be taken care of and she didn't want her children to worry. And so that's, you know, it makes a hard situation better. But I've also seen the extreme opposites. Mm. And so, you know, if I could tell everyone to be just like her, I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You know, and it's interesting. Um, my colleagues and I are experiencing more and more referrals from wealth managers like Taylor. Mm. Um, for whom one spouse that was probably the one that was doing the budgeting and managing the finances in the in the in the household um, is the one that passes. And so, you know, whether that's the the husband or the wife or the whatever spouse, um, you know, that's that's left, um, you know, they're kicking them to us to, hey, this person has some money to work with, but doesn't really know how to budget it, doesn't know how to come up with those ways of figuring out, you know, the 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 plan for their money. So. Um, we, we, we get to we get to 
you know, have that little handoff and it's, it's fun being a part of a team in those situations. And, and I think that's okay though, is you don't both have to know everything, but I think you both need to have a general idea of what's going that's on is what's really important. Absolutely. So you don't have to know how to budget everything if your partner's doing it, but be aware of how it's working and a general idea and then use a professional when you need them. It's yeah. okay to seek out help. Thanks, y'all. We covered a lot of ground. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Um, as members go back to their lives and their busy schedules, what would be three key takeaways we'd send them with? Yeah, the first thing I would do is make a list of everything I have. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Yes, where it's, <laughs> it's at. It's a shock. I, I, know, I didn't right? see this one coming. No, where it's at, um, how much is mm. maybe there, who the beneficiary is, anything mm. you can do. Leave the names and phone numbers and companies' names of anybody you work with. That is the number one thing. And then make sure your loved ones know where they can find that. You don't have, and I think that's the beauty of it. You don't have to give them the list now. Make but, sure they yeah, know where to access it. Right? And also I, I did, uh, I have counseled folks before. The National Institute, Institute on Aging hmm. um, has a really great checklist. Hmm. So you can check that out on the web. Um, that's a government agency. They're very trustworthy. They've got some great suggestions about some of those do's and don'ts. That's good. Uh, what would be the second one, Ryan? Wow. Um, you know, I think really making sure that you have ownership of, of what you want to happen when you're, when you're gone is something that the more you can do while you're living is, is really not a, just a gift to yourself. Mm. It's, it's a gift to, to whoever comes after, whoever has to take up that charge when you are gone, whether that's a spouse, but especially if, if that's someone that's, that's a child or, or any other next of kin or a chosen executor of that estate, the more you can take ownership of, of who you want to benefit from your estate. Um, those beneficiaries, making sure that they're certainly named in every case that you can possibly do. But um, the the more you can take charge of of you know what happens after your 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 own death, um, the the greater that gift is to everyone else. Well said, Taylor. Number three. Last one, um, when something happens, I would say one of the first things you can do and best things you can do is call a professional to help you. So if you work with a wealth advisor, mm. you work with a bank, you're going to call them and you're going to ask them, what are my next steps? And let someone guide you through mm. it. You don't yeah. have to do it alone. We're here for you. Hmm. Um, remind us how they could get in touch with, how members could get in touch with y'all. Yeah, for a wealth advisor, all you have to do is go to the website. There's an investment tab. You can view all the advisors so you can pick by location. Hmm. Um, we've got everybody all over town. Or you can read the bios and see, you know, so-and-so looks like hmm. they'd really mesh with me and my family. And you can call them individually, whatever works best for you. That's great. For well-being, uh, you can stop at any branch and talk to any branch employee. They can always make a referral to us, but you also have direct access, again, through the website. Uh, if you go to the Learn tab and then the Financial Well-Being tab, you can find any of the four financial well-being managers, make an appointment right there on the web, and we would look forward to meeting with you. I love it. Thank you guys so much. Thank I know it's a, it's a privilege. A tricky topic, but also an inevitable one. We're yeah. grateful you guys would share your wisdom and experience with us. Thank you. Thank you. Members, thanks for listening in to another episode of the Community Conversation presented by Community America. Take care. Investment and insurance products, including annuities, are not deposits, are not NCUA or otherwise federally insured, are not obligations of or guaranteed by the credit union, and may lose value.
Neither Wealth Management by Community America nor its associated persons are attorneys or tax advisors and cannot offer legal or tax advice. Consult with an attorney before making any changes to your estate plan and speak with a qualified tax professional for tax advice.